Hey, it's Sunday evening. Strewman's here with the four outdoorsman after a big Minnesota Twins win. Mark Lukey's here. Sam is not. He had some kind of a special function going on or whatever. Little Nicky Lukey is here. How old is Nick? Nick, how old are you? He's nine. He's nine. He's nine. Uh, thanks for being here, Nick. But uh, the, the special guest tonight who's taking Sam's place is, yeah. is Marky's daddy. Yeah, my dad, Dave, uh, is in town. We're headed to Alaska on Wednesday. So he came a couple days early to see both of my boys had their last uh, baseball games today. So it's been a busy day, but we're here. How much fun is that? What a beautiful day too, oh, to sit perfect. around and watch watch baseball or anything. I went fishing this morning, and the weather was just to be outside is so nice. Anybody who stays inside on a day like today, they've got a problem. <laughs> they, yeah, go ahead, Dave. Yeah, we went out Saturday and just killed the big bluegills. Yeah, good for you guys. You know, it was a, we've been pretty blessed the last couple of days for sure. I was up in Ely, Minnesota for a couple of days, uh, actually Tower Sedan, golfing with my buddies, and we had beautiful weather as well, but. Uh, you know, it's, it's with no rain. People bit complain yeah. about, you know, here goes the flowers like my gorgeous wife, Diana, and the grass is not growing. Then when it rains, we complain. We can't make everybody happy. So where were you fishing with uh, with the kids on uh, on Saturday? Well, I'm not going to say the lake because ah, it's... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say the lake because one of my best friends lives on the lake. and I know what um, it is then. And I haven't never fished it before. And my friend Eric asked me to go. We went out... Um, a rare night off on Thursday, and he took me to my friend's lake, told me all about it. Um, it's in the East Metro. I'll, I'll give it that, but I've never fished it. So it felt good getting out of my, my funk. I, I go to Bald Eagle all the time. Oh, yeah. I go to Centerville all the time yep. just because I live so close to there. And it's amazing how if you get just a little bit away from your normal routine, we found fish that are way, way nicer than than what I'm used to on, on those Local and using lakes. the tell us now what you were using, how deep, what's changed now as compared to a couple of months ago when the season opened. Yeah, up. surprising. They were all a lot deeper. Um, I'm used to you know taking the boys out and catching. You know, I I always use a gulp, a one inch white gulp, and I always use a rocket bobber in, in you know four or five feet of water and weeds. But we we were catching them in twelve feet of water. You know, we we're setting setting our bobbers six feet deep or so. I tried to slip bobber. It didn't really work that well, but they, they could see it. It was a clear lake, so they came up. and it took why, a while. why would a slip bobber be any different than a rocket bobber? It's still a bobber. <clears throat> well, a slip bobber, you can you know set it down 8, 10 feet and yeah. still throw it. I know it. And so we, I tried using that at first to get down near the bottom, but uh, didn't have much luck. So we just put rocket bobbers on and had, set it just deep enough so they could throw it and... So we, you were we using you were you still using your gulp, right? We it, still I bought minnows and, and Nick caught a nice bass the first fish. I saw that. And uh, so we did use some minnows, but like always I buy way too many minnows. Oh sure. Right? Yeah. And of course I disposed of them properly. Can't afterwards. you go to a bait store and have one? Can we buy one minnow? Yeah. No, it's always <laughs> yeah. like, well, I might as well get, you know, a full scoop. But other than, so other than that, you went back to your gulp, right? Like you normally do. You know, yep. we should have gulp as our sponsor because every no week kidding. Mark talks about gulp and that's all he uses. Dave, what kind of fish were you catching? Just uh, bluegills or what were you catching? Just bluegills on Saturday. And you're right, gulp is something new that Mark turned me on to. It's easy. And now at my cottage, that's all I use. I'm done buying worms. Is that right? For 50 <laughs> yeah. years, I've been a worm yeah. fisherman. Unless you, go to Arrow- comes in no, unless you go to Arrowhead Outdoors. I suppose they can, well, they I, they, they can probably buy gulp at Arrowhead Outdoors up in Ely, Minnesota. Yeah. So you had a lot of fun too, huh? Oh, great. great. Were, were there, so there was some size to the fish? 
as compared to what yeah. you're normally catching at Bald Eagle or Senegal. Yeah, it was definitely it was marketably higher. Every once in a while, you catch a decent sized fish there. You can usually catch a meal, but but the average size was much much bigger. You and took it, a, you took a few home. Yeah, we had a meal. We I fried them up uh, Saturday night. So and my guess is your old man didn't clean one of those fish. I had fun watching him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm turning him on to an electric fillet knife. Oh, that's right. He's old school. He's not. He's a he purist. Electric. He's he is the best filleter in the world I've ever seen. He he cleans it. Uh, but when you have a pile of fish to get through, it's nice to buzz through them with an electric. You know, my sure. guess is I'm just going to bring this up and offer a suggestion, but I'm guessing it's already happened. There should be a filleting competition without electric knives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and uh, like, you know, on Shark Tank or not in that, but America's got talent oh, yeah. on the fishing. That would be kind of fun to see how fast some guys really are. And then you have, ju- have to have judges to make sure they didn't lose any meat and didn't have any bones. Those kind of, That'd be kind of fun. Well, you know, Dad is faster than me at filleting, but... He's also better at, you know, there's no meat that's wasted at all. Cool. Every once in a while with an electric knife, you slip and go through the backbone, and then it's an absolute hack job, but comes with the territory. You know, <laughs> I'll save an hour of cleaning and, and uh, call it a day. My dad would be rolling over in his grave if he knew 90% of the world right now is using yeah. electric knives. Oh, I know. He, he'd have it. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of guys, I'm going to have to ask Mark Fisher this as well, or Mike Rates, who I just fished with today. I'm guessing they're all using electric oh, knives. If you're you know? a guide, you have. I mean, that would take you forever if yeah. you were filleting all. You want to get those clients out there and get your tip money as fast as possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Good but yeah, you. when they first came out, I poo pooed it too. I mean, I remember going to Canada as a kid, and and these guys from down south would break out their electric knives oh, and yeah. you know, you know, look at all the meat they're wasting. But nowadays, it's like, all right, let me buzz through these things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, good for you. Well, this weekend I had uh, a lot of fun. A bunch of us guys, 12 of us guys, where we went up to the wilderness in uh, Fortune Bay, just off of Lake Vermilion, and golfed up there. And we played a lot. We, first, we played Hinkley on the way up, got a couple of rounds at the Fortune Bay, spent a couple of nights up there, came back and played Black Bear in Cloquet, had beautiful weather the entire time. We were supposed to golf in Mora or Hinkley on the way back, but I called to make sure the tee time was all set. And they had like three to four inches of rain in one night, just north of us. None of it happened at Fortune Bay up in Ely. None of it happened in the Twin City. It was all seemed like it was a strike that went right through the center of the state, and they got flooded out. I didn't know, didn't even wow. hear that. Didn't even hear that. And uh, I fished today with Mike Rates. We fished on uh, the horseshoe chain, which was a lot of fun. We'll talk a little bit about that because Mike will be on in a couple of seconds. But he was showing me areas. I mean, there's been so much water. He was showing me areas. The the horseshoe chain is clear as a bell right now, and Mm -hmm. I've never been on it before. And that is, to be clear, that's where is that by St. Cloud? Uh, Yeah, not too far. Yeah, Yeah. I guess it is. It's by, uh, I forget what the name of the town, but we just drove through it. Horseshoe Town? No, no, yeah, it's Horseshoe (laughs) Town, yeah. But anyway, see, yeah, Mike is on. Hang on a second, Mike. But anyway, so uh, he took me, and and he said the water was really, really clear, but at this time of the year, it started greening up a little bit like Lake Chetek and Prairie Lake, where we have our cabin. And he was showing me where he was fishing a couple of weeks ago, a big grove of trees, maybe 50 yards away from where we were fishing. He was literally fishing around those trees in his boat, and that's how much water there was. They they had some docks. We we still saw pieces of dock floating in, in the lake. They just yep. tore everything apart, tore everything <laughs> apart. But it was a lot of fun, and we, I learned a lot as well. Mike Rates, are you on the on the air, my buddy, my friend? Yes, I am. How are you doing? Now, if you're on your speakerphone, you sound well. Are you on your speakerphone? I am on my speakerphone. I'm having a little trouble hearing you guys, but I can still hear you. All right, that's okay. But, uh, it's you sometime, sound great. Yeah, sometimes that happens, so just work through that because you sound fine, and you sound fine on air as well. 
My wife uh, is checking on that, and she said everything sounds good. But, hey, why don't you tell these guys why you have to be on your speakerphone as compared to putting the phone right to your ear? Why, why, why are you doing that? Come on, tell them, buddy. So I like taking pictures that are close to the water. And uh, I was doing that one day on a release shot, and I had a nice little wave come and dunk the whole phone in the water. So the, the main speaker doesn't work out so well. So I have to have it on uh, speakerphone the whole time to be able to hear it, but it still works, so it's good. My well, phone was like that for like a year. Hey. I had a phone like that for a year. <laughs> you you yeah. had a phone like that for a year. Did it ever come back? Nope, never came back. <laughs> That's why I pay through my teeth for the insurance plan. I know myself way too well. Yeah, Mike, yeah. Mike Rates of Mike Rates Outdoors. I'll tell you what, I was going through your bio today with Facebook, and we spent about four hours today together, give or take, and it says you are a professional guy, promoter, and a tournament angler. Well, if you're such a good guide, how come I have outfished you today? You did outfish me today. I just think you had the hot hand. I put the right right baits in your hand. I think you did. Yeah, you put me on the right spot. You were spot. all over the place. Yeah, I was, like, being really stubborn to the edge, and Drew was in the in the jungle outside of the jungle i mean he was catching a lunch yeah cool. mike was we got mike, on some good spots. mike was saying we would try this this bait we we're using he'll talk more about that and talk about presentation and whatnot throwing the the uh the bait inside of mm-hmm. the grass the you know the whatever you want to call it the cabbage and the crap is what it is and and bring it back and try to bring it through and, and when i was he said it's always on the outside good just on the out and all of a sudden i'm right in the middle of that junk and i gotta because <laughs> you I couldn't gotta, hit your spot uh, yeah i couldn't <laughs> hit my spot yeah but but tell us what we were doing today we were trying to catch some bass what were we what was the presentation what was working for us yeah so what we were doing was is there <clears throat> basically what we were looking for and we were kind of running into it a little windy so you couldn't really see but there's pockets within those weeds um and basically what you know, I know those fish were on was they were hard spots. So they're hard sand spots. There's a lot of curly leaves still up right now, but when you get on those harder spots, that's got that coontail kind of mixed in there. That kind of seemed like where they were. Cause if you notice, you know, today when I would hook up on one, Strew would hook up on one or Strew would hook up on one and I would hook up on one or Strew would just hook up on one and I wouldn't. Um, but we were taking uh, four inch uh, striking rage bugs and just green pumpkin. That's my, one of my favorite colors. And then on just a three eighth, uh, tungsten bullet weight and basically we were flipping up to the edges of it because you know it's like a wall of weeds right now and we're right. flipping up to the edges of it you know getting inside of it uh you know through a frog for a very short period of time and uh that was kind of the trick it we're starting to get into that summer pattern which is nice where these fish aren't scattered out with the post-spawn funk um so it was nice to see when you know you catch a couple that was the area so that was fun that was kind of the name of the game yeah so, Mike, that's called a Texas rig, correct? With yep, the, with correct. the bullet weight. So, what do you like about that setup as opposed to? I've been a wacky wormer for a while, but uh, I've tried that. What What do you like about the Texas rig? I uh, think I like a lot about the Texas rig. It's, it's versatile. So, like, I can get it into the really thick stuff, like you know, the thick mill foil, um, you know, around trees, um, it, in just the nasty stuff, the jungle. And I don't need to worry about getting hung up on things, you know, yep. when you pull it through the weeds and stuff, everything's staying, you know, the hook's not exposed whatsoever. Um, it's pre- presenting the bait really, really well. And uh, it just, it makes everything flow through a lot better. So you don't catch up and you have a bunch of weeds and you to try to crack them off. Well, then you just lost your cast. So it's a really nice versatile bait, but you can use it for everything. You yeah. know, what I liked about it, you know, obviously we talked about this is that, it's, it's so easy to, to put on, and if it gets ripped up by the bass, another one only costs you 50 cents. It's not fishing with a, 
you know, a, a rap or a shad rap and, and losing that thing or whatever it's going to be. And, you, I don't know, he said like eight, uh, eight, ten bucks for eight of them or eight dollars for ten of them or something like that. We can, we can live with that. And it's so easy to, not only is it weedless, I can guarantee you this, that it is dockless because I got hooked up on a couple of docks <laughs> and I got it and treeless. I was hooked up in trees, but, uh, and I got out every time. So that's, that's one heck of a lure you got there, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't want to say that. I was going to let you say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what's fun about it, and you you can't really do anything wrong with it, too. You know, it's it's kind of how you want to do it. You know, sometimes you got to work with the fish, but for the most part, I mean, you can throw the thing anywhere, and you don't have to worry about those hangups. And I think it's also, you know, it's a it's one of my favorite ways to present things too. But you know, when people are just getting into bass fishing too, that's a really good that's a really good way to start because it kind of you know you don't have to worry about trying to get snug up on stuff and worry about you can just throw it wherever you want and get it out of there mike it's mark again is everything post-spawn now is everything spawned out i think so for the most part so i don't know i'm i, yep. I think there's still a few i think there's like that second wave which is you know it's going to be a lot uh, a smaller quantity of fish i think the main spawn and post-spawn is all done with um and yesterday when i was out i had a couple of fish where the tails are still bloody and i'm like hmm uh-huh. So I think there's still a few up there spawning, but very few. I think we're we're done um, in our area of that. Um, I know, like last week, that kind of was done in the metro, and I know we're pretty much done with that here because, you know, that's what we noticed today. The, the fish were positioning up into their areas. You know, they're not scattered out all over the place throughout this flat where it's, a, you know, you can go mindless trying to figure it out. I got to tell you um, something. I got to tell you something. Mike, Mike was telling me a lot of fishermen like that. He's a he's a tournament angler and he's very very avid. He fishes four or five days a week. When I got out of the boat at noon today, we went, went at lunch. He went back in the boat by himself to fish three or four more hours by himself, just because he enjoys it so much and he loves the challenge. But here's how superstitious these guys are. When we saw him, I saw him two weeks ago at uh, Lord Fletcher's when my wife and I were in Wyzetta. And he looked like some hippie, you know. He had a, like a mullet, long hair down to his shoulders. Well, now it was all it was all cut off when I saw him today. He said he was having such bad luck in the last couple of tournaments. He cut his hair. <laughs> well, that'll do it. He, and he started yep. and he started fishing well. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's one of my big superstitions. Is like, you know, I, I had a really good season last year, so I let the hair go. And I had a good, uh, when I fished the Frankie's uh, Ice Fishing Championship, we did really well. You know, we took six overall for the weekend, and we were in first place after day one. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, let's load this ride out. And so I did. Well, then I get to this year, and I tell you what, the tournaments, I'm just sitting there like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just an idiot. I just couldn't find him. So I'm like, you know what? I need to make a change here. I cut the hair off, and we're back in style. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when we started out this morning, we were going to fish the, the river uh, not too far from where we were on the horseshoe chain, and, and he called and says, man, we can't. It, it's uh, There's only a small section that's even available because the water's running so fast that we ended up going to horseshoe chain. And it's much more clear than it was. It normally is this time of the year. Tell me how that affects fishing and how, it, how you have to change your attitude and your presentation because of the clear water. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, today is the, the river. We got, you know, four to six inches of rain here on Friday, so it just was not going to happen. But so the horseshoe chain right now is it's clean, and that's used to being very, very dirty. It's, it's almost as dirty as a river, but there's some areas that are even dirtier than that. And so it freaks me out a little bit because I get goofed out by the clear water. Um, I'm a guy that likes really dirty water. I like to pretty much stand right over the top of the fish. 
um, and not notice me. But, you know, when you get into the cleaner water and stuff, we were staying off the areas a little bit farther. Um, so you're making a little bit longer casts. That's kind of the biggest thing, especially out there with those fish, too, because they're used to that dirty water. So when they see you, they'll get a little bit spooky. So, you know, you just stay off of it a little bit, and um, you pitch into it. You try to, you know, keep away from them. You don't want them to hear your trolling motor, which they're going to. You know, yeah. you keep the sonars. You turn them off if you don't need them. Um, you do the little things that you can to kind of just go undetected by them. I'll um, tell you what, and when you do that, you've got to cast farther than now with the clear water. We only have about a minute left. If you do that, uh, you got to borrow Mike Rates' fishing gear because mine, my Zebco <laughs> went about 14 feet, you know, and uh, he gives me something that just flowed like nothing, like butter. I thought, oh, this is so much fun to have good stuff or have good friends who have good stuff like Mike Rates does. Exactly. Hey, I'll tell you what, uh, Mike, we're going to have you on in a week or two for 15, 20 minutes because there's so much t- to talk about, I, about your background, how you got into clam and all of that, and that's going to be a lot of fun for our listeners. But before we let you go yeah. tonight, I want you to tell the, the, the our listeners the Mountain Dew tip you told me for a, for a fish that are kind of bleeding out. Tell me, tell, tell us that tip. Yeah, so uh, Mountain Dew is one of my favorite drinks, um, but there's a little trick to it. So, you know, fishing tournaments and stuff like that, it's, you can't, you know, get away from it. I mean, it's going to happen. You're Once in a while, you're going to get a fish that just sucks your lure down hard, and it gets down there, and the fish start bleeding. And uh, the last thing you want is that to happen and then throw them in a live well because what's going to end up happening is that fish is going to stress out and it's more than likely going to die. Um, but what's cool with the Mountain Dew, um, and I learned this a long time ago, is you take some and if you do, you know, not you don't want to gut hook them, but if you do have them bleeding inside the mouth or maybe you score a gill a little bit, uh, pour the Mountain Dew down their throat and in that area. And what that'll actually do is it'll cauterize it up. It's amazing. We've done it wow. in every tournament. Uh, you know, you have a fish that's bleeding, you do it. You know, I'll put it in the front live well uh, just to keep it isolated by itself so it doesn't stay stressed. And you go back in there to check on the fish, and there's it's not red water. There's no blood. Everything's clean. The fish is happy and good to go. You yes. know? And then it, they really like extreme work. sports. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I get to drink Mountain Dew all day and save fish if I need to. <laughs> and as and you get to write off the the Mountain Dew because you're using it for your fishing. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I'll tell you. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you. Mike Rates of Mike Rates Outdoors. He's a big clam guy. And thanks for joining us on the Four Outdoorsman. Thanks for the trip today. Mark's going to post though, if he hasn't already. He's going to post the fish that we caught and uh, put it on the Facebook page of the of the Four Outdoorsman. I'll get to hook you uh, hold of you the next day or so. And we'll get you on the air and we'll get you in studio. Let's have some fun. That sounds good to me, buddy. I appreciate you guys having me on. All right. Keep cutting your hair. Take care of this. Mike Race will be right back with... Russell Thomas of Alaska Sport Fishing Expeditions. The Four Outdoorsmen. Just average guys that love to hunt and fish and chew the fat on Bob Outdoors. We all know there are a lot of hard water fans out there, and you'd ice fish every day if you could. Sam here. I prefer sunshine, 70 degrees, sight fishing for panfish, or trolling for walleyes. And if you're like me, it's not too early to plan your trip for the opener to Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Wait a second. There's no opener on Devil's. Walleye season is open 12 months a year, 24 hours a day. You can keep five a day, 10 in possession, and there's no slot limit. Devil's Lake, a fisherman's paradise. Check out devilsleknd.com. 
Looking for the perfect northern Minnesota family summer vacation? Then you must check out Balsam Beach Resort and RV Camp just south of Bemidji. The fishing on Lake Plantagenet is great, but the emphasis here is family. The cabins are beautiful yet rustic, the grounds perfectly maintained. The beautiful pool is heated and there are plenty of water toys to keep the kids smiling all day long. See for yourself why many guests return year after year after year. The four outdoorsmen included. Visit balsambeachresort.com. Last week, I went over the test results from my initial consultation with Everest Men's Health. I've never received such a complete analysis of my health and body. They even had a machine that read my exact body composition, and we're starting a plan to get my health and mind back in order. You too can schedule a $50 testosterone test, including blood testing, body composition, and consultation with one of Everest Men's Health medical experts at one of their three Twin Cities locations. Go to EverestMensHealth.com. Welcome back. Arrowhead Outdoors, bait, tackle, and camping store in Ely, Minnesota. Friends of ours for a couple of years now. Hey, sure, you can buy your live bait at a local gas station if you want, but they might be dead before you get to the lake. Or you can talk with Chris and Steve at Arrowhead Outdoors in Ely. Hey, they're going to work with local suppliers and have the freshest, liveliest minnows and leeches in the entire area. And while you're at it, bring your cup of coffee when you go to that store and spend a few minutes getting all the advice you need to make your trip to Ely one big memory. Yeah, I've been patronizing these guys for many, many years and going to keep doing so. That's Arrowhead Outdoors, and that's Ely, Minnesota. Last year, we went to an event that was incredibly good time, and we'd love to invite you this year. It's called Landcastle 2022 and Winstead Outdoors Show, presented by Burkhan Outdoors. It's September 9th, 10th in Winstead, Minnesota. Hook up your fish house and join the party. Design the fish house of your dreams from Smoky Hills Outdoor Store. Shop in the vendor market from companies like Clam and Ice Castle. Listen to music or enjoy barbecue and beer from Big Boar Barbecue. Tickets and details at LancastleSummerfest.com. Blackfish Gear has the apparel you need for all of your outdoor adventures. From rain gear with industry-leading fabric technology to ensure you stay dry in the wettest conditions, to UPF sun protection apparel that keeps you cool and your skin protected on the hottest days. And for those cool and blustery days, our soft shell gear will keep you warm and comfortable with the combination of premium fleece and a windproof and weather-resistant outer layer. You can't choose the weather, but you can choose how to dress for it. Choose Blackfish Gear. Learn more at blackfishgear.com. Tired of power sport dealers not having what you want? Sick of supply chain issues excuse? Power Lodge currently has the largest inventory of CF Moto ATVs, UTVs, and side-by-sides in stock in Minnesota. The 2022 CF Moto lineup is better than ever and comes stocked with lots of great accessories like winches, roofs, USB charging ports, handguards, and more. Work smarter and play harder with CF Moto. Stop by Power Lodge in Ramsey or Onamia to see why CF Moto is the fastest growing brand in the power sports industry. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-279-0433 now. 
Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-279-0433. That's 800-279-0433. What do you have to lose? Call 800-279-0433. Again, 800-279-0433. Total Country Welcome back to the Four Outdoorsmen on this beautiful Sunday night. Right now, we have a special guest, Russell Thomas, General Manager of Alaska Sport Fishing Expeditions. My dad and I are going up there on Wednesday, kind of sight unseen. We have no idea what we're going to expect or what we're going to catch or how we're going to catch him. And that's why we have Russell Thomas. Russell, are you with us? I am. Great to talk to you guys today. Hey, thank you so much, Russell, for joining us. Uh, I can't tell you how exci- excited I am. A little backstory: I'm a life lifetime fisherman here in Minnesota. We live and breathe the sports, but fishing in Alaska is completely foreign to myself and my dad, who's here with me. And we're flying up Wednesday to catch a can. What? Uh, first of all, um, tell us a little bit about sport fishing expeditions. You guys own a couple resorts up there. Um, what what is your typical uh, traveler that's going to fish there? What do they do? What what can they expect? Sure, yeah, and just and just to give you a little background of my family, my, my dad and mom are from Southern Idaho. They were dairy farmers and, and grew up there. My dad came to Alaska to visit a friend after he graduated from high school and uh, just decided to stay. And uh, <laughs> for a long time, uh, he, he got really interested in. Uh, in airplanes and was in the float plane business until uh, I was about 11 or 12 years old. And then uh, he sold that business and then got into the hospitality business and, and opened a hotel and then a fishing lodge at the same time. And that, that was back in uh, 1985. And so since then, uh, you know, from about the time I was 12 and until uh, I left to go to college and uh, I was grew up in that business where we were, uh, you know, cleaning rooms and cleaning fish mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, helping around the facility and stuff. And so that, that was uh, that was sort of how I grew up. And then I, after college, decided my brother and I both decided uh, that we wanted to come back and, and work in the family business. And so we've been doing it ever since. And, and uh, in 2003, uh, we added a third property uh, to uh, that was at Clover Pass Resort. And so so now we have uh the Cedars, which you guys are going to be visiting, that's a fully guided uh, resort. And then uh, we have Clover Pass Resort, which is a combination of guided and self-guided fishing. And then we have Silver King Lodge, which is just uh, self-guided fishing. So we, we have a lot of options. And, uh, you know, some people just prefer to come and, and uh, go with a guide who's experienced and who knows how to do things and, and uh, really knows how to find the fish. And uh, other people are more do-it-yourselfer type who just want to uh, get on the boat and go out and you know and and just experience the time together and and uh, and and also catch fish on their own. So uh, you know, all three properties really give people uh, a lot of variety to choose from to come and do whatever whatever they're interested in. So. Fantastic, yeah. So my cousin uh, Kevin Powell, who is listening, has done this trip before, and he asked, you know, maybe it's time you guys come along with us. We are so excited. I'm a little bit nervous because I'm not packing any fishing stuff and, and I don't really know what we're getting into. 
So why don't you go through what, what a typical day is fishing with you guys on a guided trip? Uh, what do we expect to catch? What, how are we going to be fishing? Yeah, so you know, one of the things that makes uh, our operation just a little bit unique uh, is that when, uh, when we started in the, ho- I, I mentioned the hotel business, and, and that, uh, that's the Cedars Lodge, was originally mm-hmm. opened up as a hotel. And, uh, and at one point we decided we were going to convert over to a fishing lodge format. And, and my dad was really concerned, uh, you know, he felt like we knew hospitality really well, but we didn't know fishing, you know, as well as we probably needed to to be really successful. And so uh, one of the things that he did at that time was he went out and he found, you know, some guides that were running their own operations in town and just partnered up with them and said, hey, how about you guys let us handle all the accommodations, the fish processing, the food, uh, you know, all the logistics, and you guys just concentrate on the fishing. We'll do what we do best. You guys do what you do best. And, and that model has worked for us, and we've continued just to go out and find uh, some of the really top-notch guides that own and operate their own businesses, uh, and then and we uh, provide them, uh, you know, all the hospitality side of stuff at the lodge, and then they go out and and they kill it, you know, out on the water. They go out, they provide, they got really great gear. Um, all of the boats are a little bit different, but you know, typically, uh, the boats are anywhere from 30 to 36 feet long. Uh, they're most of them are aluminum outboard. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, here, that that seems to be the preference that, that holds up. Uh, and when you leave, you're going to leave every morning about 7 o'clock uh, in the morning. Get up, have breakfast at the at the lodge before you go, and make a sack lunch. Then uh, you're going to jump on the boat about 7 and head out to the grounds. And just depending on, uh, you know, the time of year uh, and what's available, uh, you know, you might run anywhere from, you know, 30 to 45 minutes in the boat, maybe up to an hour, hour and a half if, if fish are somewhere else guys uh just go find the fish wherever they are as they migrate through the area and uh and so uh most of the area around here is pretty protected we're in an archipelago there's lots of islands around stuff but uh they might run down to the south of of the area where they get really close to heading out to open ocean uh and and fish down there uh, because they get both uh north migrating fish that come through that area and southern migrating fish that, you know, salmon that are going down to the British Columbia coast or down to Oregon and Washington. Uh, and so those areas sometimes can be really fertile. So, like, again, it's just going to depend on on, uh, on the time of year, the tides, the weather, all that stuff will dictate where you go. But uh, they're going to be watching the tides and, and the weather, and you're going you're gonna to fish for halibut and bottom fish and salmon uh, on every trip, weather, weather permitting. And so, uh, depending on the tides and, and everything else, you may fish halibut first and then go for salmon, uh, or you might start with salmon, and then when, when the tide gets right, then you go for halibut and then go back to salmon. Um, but that's our typical operation, and then you'll be back around 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock every afternoon, and, and then get to enjoy telling fish stories and getting some hot dinner and, and uh, enjoying the company of the rest of your party. Uh, this is the Dave, Mark's dad. Oh, and halibut, what do you use for bait? So it depends. A lot of times, uh, you know, we'll get king salmon. So we're, we're right here. Right now we're in our king salmon season, our Chinook mm-hmm. salmon. And, uh, and they'll, they typically are available throughout the summer, although the peak of the season is uh, from about the 1st of June until about the 1st of July. That's sort of when we see most of our, our kings come through. 
but right about the 1st of July, we start to see summer coho and pink salmon that come through. And a lot of times uh, the, the guides will come uh, at the cutting table at the end of the night and they'll take uh, scraps off of the carcasses that, uh, that we cut uh, and they'll use those for halibut bait. So it might be, uh, you know, a small uh, head or uh, a piece of the tail section that they just cut off and then throw a hook through. And, and all of that is really good halibut bait. Um, there's other, you can use herring. Uh, you can use jigs without any, without any bait. But uh, I would say, you know, 95% of the guides are going to be using some sort of bait. Sure. Um, octopus is another, or squid are, are other good baits. Uh, those are particularly good because they, uh, the skin is so thick that uh, it stays on the hook. So a lot of times those halibut will come up with something like herring that can get soft in the water. And they just suck it right off the hook, and then you got to reel up and and, uh, and rebate before you go back down. So other things like uh, some of the uh, the uh, carcass uh, pieces and things are a little uh, stronger and stay on the hook better, and, and those seem to be better bait. I'm assuming those salmon you would be trolling spoons and so forth. Uh, herring is a really popular, uh, I mean, we, we use a lot of herring for trolling, uh, but then there, you're also going to use, um, more likely than, uh, spoons right now, you're going to be looking at, uh, artificial squid or we call them a hoochie. Uh, and it's just a small, uh, artificial, uh, rubber squid. Uh, sometimes they use those in combination with some bait, like you might use a, a small squid, uh, the, the hoochie, and then, like, put a little bait strip on the hook or something just for scent. This is going to be very um, interesting. a way to attract those fish. Mark, Mark and I have spent a lot of time fishing freshwater in Canada, and so this ocean fishing is going to be a whole new experience for us. We're really looking forward <laughs> to meeting you on Wednesday. I heard these guys supply the barf bags. You're going to be okay. <laughs> and like I mentioned before, uh, we're speaking with Russell Thomas of Alaska Sport Fishing Expeditions. My dad and I are going to be flying up there Wednesday. I have a couple quick, really brief questions. We have about five minutes with you. What's the temperature like up there? What do I wear? I have no idea. Is it is it 80 and sunny or am I packing for uh, a winter Arctic adventure? Well, you guys are going to hit a, a, a little bit of a rare, uh, nice weather window here. We, we get about 13 feet of rain a year here, and so it's pretty <laughs> typical that that you, you wouldn't get up here and uh, and not see some sort of rain while you're here. But it's uh, the last couple of days, I think we are you know, 75 yesterday and looking forward to this next week. It's going to be in the high 60s, low 70s, and, uh, and the weather forecast looks really good. So I think maybe a little bit of sunscreen and uh, a sweatshirt, and uh, you guys are going to be good to go. But you, you're going to have a really fabulous trip, and, and I think the weather's going to treat you really well, too. Oh, I'm excited, and I can't wait to talk about it afterwards. Uh, so one more quick question, and then we want to learn more about how people sign up uh, to fish with you. My dad and I are kind of men about the town. What uh, what can we do in Ketchikan on, after we catch our limit? So so Cedars is located right downtown. It's a you know five minute walk down to the main area. There's uh, Ketchikan. You know over the last you know fifteen or twenty years has really developed around the tourism industry since mm -hmm. uh, logging uh, closed. And so there's uh, a lot of shopping for people that like to go down and shop there's uh, local bars and and restaurants and things for you to get a drink and to you know catch up with locals and old timers there's a bunch of them that 
that you know are really unique and and kind of uh, iconic here in Ketchikan. There's one that has you know a, a bunch of pictures of shipwrecks from the area all around uh, all around the bar and and stuff. And so uh, all that's within walking distance. Uh, there's of course lots of outdoor hiking and activities and things to do for people that just want to get out, and stretch their legs, and and uh, be in some of God's most beautiful country. So it's. It, uh, it, I think you guys are going to really enjoy it, and the proximity to town will give you an opportunity to go down and check out some of the local flair uh, in the evenings after fishing. Fantastic, Russell. We, we are so excited to go and check it out. Um, can you tell us how – are you still able to book for this year, or is it now time to book for next year? How, how do people get a hold of Alaska Sport Fishing Expeditions? So uh, our website is ketchikanalaskafishing.com, and uh, you can go there. It's got all three lodges there on the uh, on the website. And uh, we do have some limited availability for this year, so if you've got a little bit of flexibility and you want to try and fit something in this year, then uh, it's likely we might be able to accommodate you. But certainly if uh, your schedule's tight or you're looking to bring a bigger group, uh, then, you know, booking now for next year is a great idea because, uh, you know, things book up fast, and, and uh, the longer you wait, the less flexibility we have. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Russell, for joining us. I'm not even sure what time it is there, but um, we look forward to catching some fish and uh, telling some stories about it on the radio. So thank you for joining us, and if you're around, say hi, okay? I will. We'll see you in a few days. You guys travel safe. All right, thanks a lot. Right next, or right next, we'll have Richie Erickson uh, moose shed hunting. We haven't talked about that before. I never have. All right, well, next on the Four Outdoors. FM wants to say thank you to the servicemen and women of Minnesota once again, and we need your help. The Bob FM Minnesota Country Salute CD needs cover, and we know someone in Bob Country has the creativity to design it. Download the dimensions at mybobcountry.com and send us your cover art ideas. Then Bob Country will vote on who wins the CD cover contest to cover this year's Minnesota Country Salute CD. The winner will get $250. Sounds good to me. <laughs> A bunch of Bob gear from promotion Resources Inc. and meet and greet tickets to see Blackhawk at the Medina Entertainment Center this fall. But hurry, we need your cover art by July 31st. Get all the details and submit your cover art at mybobcountry.com. You've heard us talk about Devil's Lake for quite a while now, and there are many, many reasons why. To think that 30 years ago, Devil's covered about 85,000 acres. Today, that same body of water is over 160,000 acres, and that story alone brings the curious to visit this wonderful place. But it's the no-slot limit on walleyes with five a day and ten in possession. That's bringing the four outdoorsmen to Devil's Lake as often as we can. Devil's Lake, North Dakota, rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country. Visit devilslakend.com, and thanks. Call to Zeal Heating and AC when you need dependable, affordable, and professional AC repair at your West Metro or Wright County home. Zeal knows the feeling when your AC goes out on a hot summer day. Don't sweat over a unit that's on the fritz. Zeal's team of licensed and certified HVAC technicians are here to help. Zeal's trucks are stocked to repair any AC system and can get your cool air flowing again. Suspect a problem? Call the top dog today before your AC goes out. They will come running to your rescue before it's too late. ZealHVAC.com. <laughs> Balsam Beach Resort, the only resort on Lake Plantagenet, and that's five miles south of Bemidji. 
With 2,500 acres of pristine waters, you're going to find some of the best fishing northern Minnesota has to offer. Balsam Beach has been owned by Patty and Clint for nearly 30 years, so you know they treat their guests as family. There's something for everyone from swimming, biking, hiking, daily activities, even Friday night bonfires, or just relaxing in the sun. Let the simple pleasures of fresh air and sunsets do their magic at Balsam Beach Resort. After my first initial $50 blood and body composition test at Everett's Men's Health, it turns out some of my suspicions were correct. My body chemistry was off, and I had low testosterone numbers and a few other issues going on. The good news is the team at Everest Men's Health caught it, and now I'm on a plan to get my body and mind back in order. Go to EverestMensHealth.com, schedule a visit at one of their three Twin Cities locations. I'm glad I did it, and you should too. You know, you can't say Ely without thinking of Arrowhead Outdoors. That's in Ely, Minnesota. It's the best bait and camping store in Ely. Hey, whether you love walleyes, pike, panfish, or trout, Arrowhead has more variety of bait and tackle than any other store for many, many miles. And Chris and Steve, well, they're going to treat you like family. Will Goble, one of our listeners, says, Thanks to Chris and Steve for helping make our last three weeks wonderful. Your tips on where to fish and, and what to use were the reason we did so well. I'll tell you what, it's Arrowhead Outdoors Bait Store, and that's Ely, Minnesota. What's the difference between a good net and a great net? Simple. It's all in the features. The Fortis Nets by Clam Outdoors are tough, safe on fish, easy to use, and are backed by a limited time warranty, so you can count on your landing net catch after catch. Available in a wide array of options for all types of anglers, choose from various hoop shapes and sizes, handle lengths, and colors. You pick the net that fits your fishing needs and style the best. Learn more at clamoutdoors.com. Tis the season of camping, boating, and fishing, and you don't want to be left out because your trailer's broken. Crystal Welding in Maple Grove can fix it and get you back to the outdoors. Crystal Welding offers a wide variety of services, including welding, maintenance, and repairs for all types of trailers. Crystal Welding is your one-stop shop for all of your trailer needs. Go to crystalwelding.com for more information. Crystal Welding. Solutions. Service. Results. Crystal Welding gets the job Tired of power sport dealers not having what you want? Sick of supply chain issues excuse? PowerLodge currently has the largest inventory of CF Moto ATVs, UTVs, and side-by-sides in stock in Minnesota. The 2022 CF Moto lineup is better than ever and comes stocked with lots of great accessories like winches, roofs, USB charging ports, handguards, and more. Work smarter and play harder with CF Moto. Stop by PowerLodge in Ramsey or Onamia to see why CF Moto is the fastest growing brand in the power sports industry. Hey, thanks for coming back to the Four Outdoorsman. It was fun talking to Russell about um, Mark and his dad, Dave, going up to fish for some halibut in a couple of days. And I'm, that's Wednesday morning. I'm excited. Wednesday, is it Wednesday morning? I think you're leaving? Yeah. Yeah, we're leaving Wednesday. And thank you for taking me to the airport. Yeah, that's a good friend to yeah. get up at four and take me. Eh, I'll be up there. That's okay. I'm never sleeping anyway. But uh, yeah, you'll be, you won't sleep anyway that night before. No, you'll I be will all not. excited. I will not. Hey, I tell you, well, welcome back. We've got Richie Erickson on the show right now. Richie, how are you tonight? Good, how are you? Every day's a gift, kid. Every day's a gift. Richie, I'll tell you what. We've talked about shed hunting ourselves, amongst ourselves, but none of us have ever done it. And I've seen, like at the game fair, dogs who are trained to do shed hunting for antlers and all of that, which I thought was really, really, really cool. How yeah. did you get into hunting antlers with for moose, of moose, as compared to whitetail? You must have started with whitetail shed hunting, right? 
Yeah, yeah, we do both whitetail and moose antlers. And, you know, there's a lot of similarities between them both. But uh, overall, it's about the same, you know, uh, just going around looking for where they feed and where they're sleeping and wherever they're going to be wintering, really. Do you actually go – go? I'll, I'll, let me take this, Mark. Yep. Do you actually scout when they're alive or something, animals like deer and, and, and moose, to figure out approximately where you're going to – and how do you decide – there's a lot of woods in northern Minnesota – how do you decide where, let's say, within a mile or two of where you want to hunt? Oh, uh, scouting, you know, there's people that do it that way. Uh, overall, we just, we'll find a spot that we think will hold animals, and for, like, moose specifically, and we'll just go and try it. And, you know, more times than not, it's a bust, and we don't, you don't find anything, or there really isn't sign but then um you know you look at enough places eventually you find one that's that's carrying some animals and you have some luck in richie do you use a dog to sniff them out or are you just hiking through it because i i can't imagine what dog could bring moose antlers back great dane maybe (laughs) i don't know a horse Uh, no we we don't use any dogs uh just us just us looking and i guess the more people that have with us the better you know but yeah we don't use any dogs how did you get involved in hunting deer antlers at first? What What is so attractive about that to you? And then we're going to get into the record of what just happened a couple of weeks back. How did you get into this? What got you going? Uh, you know, I just I grew up out in the country and uh, just hunting, fishing, you name it. It's, I've always been into it. And my dad used to go a little bit when I was younger. And uh, eventually I started kind of fucking with him. And, you know, we didn't really have any luck at first but then you know we'd find a couple a year and eventually uh my dad wanted to get into moose antlers and he always told me he was going to find one and then that was it and yeah now we have a few hundred at the house (laughs) it's like it's like when you the first time you get a muskie then you're hooked and you got to keep on going and going and going that has to be you know we talked to a lot of guys who absolutely are thrilled with getting out there at that time of the year and just enjoying the outdoors and if you find one fine if you don't you don't not a big deal as long as you're enjoying the outdoors yeah it, yeah it's just it's so nice to be off grid too and be out in the woods and outside and you know generally we're going where winter's ending and it's starting to be spring so i mean it's a little bit nicer weather after you being in all winter so yeah it's really nice to be out we're talking with Richie Erickson. He and his dad uh, hunt uh, for sheds for moose and, and white-tailed deer. Richie, tell us about the story we read in the outdoor news. You got something that was pretty unusual, and apparently yeah. apparently, it's a state record, but tell us all about that. So uh, I was on a little, we were going on a trip looking for moose antlers, my dad and I, and my girlfriend was with us actually too. But my dad and I, we were walking, and um, – Going through an area, and uh, I've never been to this place before. My dad has, and uh, there was a group of pine trees, and he said, "You go that way, go this way." Just that's how we kind of always do it. You just you pick a path and go, and you know you might find it. Somebody else might find one. It just it's you never know where they're gonna be. Yeah. And I went around one way, and he went the other way, and sure enough, the way I went, there was 
I found one, and I had to look a couple times because, God, is that an antler? You know, I, I don't know. And sure enough, it was, and I could tell that there was points, you know, coming off the back of the antler that shouldn't be there, and you couldn't really see much of the antler at all, but I knew from finding enough and seeing enough that they weren't supposed to be there. So I called my dad over, told him that, you know, hey, I found a freak antler, which is kind of cool because, you know, it's not real common you find anything that's messed up or not. And uh, he came over there and we kind of talked a little bit. And then when I picked it up, you know, I had no idea what I was picking up because it was covered by a tree. And sure enough, it's the new state and world record for Uh non-typical Okay, so a non-typical. How many points were... I saw the photograph of it, and I can't picture a, a, a moose having two of these on its head. You guys have seen it as well. How many points, if you call it, were on this, on this, on this, uh, the antler? So there were 16 total points on it, and, um, which is a pretty good amount for a moose antler. Uh, I believe it was nine of them were typical and seven were non-typical. I believe that's how it went, but, uh, yeah, weighed 15 pounds, and looking at the antler, I expected it to be heavier than it was, actually, okay. but, you know, still pretty heavy antler. So this 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 animal's been carrying 30, 30 pounds of, of antlers on its head the entire yep. summer and <laughs> fall. Um, yep. So how do they score that? I know how they score whitetail deer antlers for record books. How did they score that one? And I didn't know they had such a scoring for antlers, uh, shed hunters for uh, for moose antlers. Yeah, uh, you know what this the, this antler specifically is pretty. I, I had no idea how they were going to score it. You know, I had there's so many different ways you can look at it, and it really takes a true professional to figure it out because um, you know you can score an antler many is depending on how you read it. Yeah. And I, I had no idea how they were going to, but they, uh, for a typical point, you get one inch. Even if it's five inches long, you get one inch for okay. every typical point. That's okay. it. But for non-typical, you get the whole length. Okay. Well, that's, uh, so that's how they went about it. You know, I'll tell you what, I think I find this is so interesting. Maybe next year you're going to find the other antler. Uh, hopefully <laughs> you will, because it can't be that far. And I know moose are, are fairly territorial. But I tell you, that's a cool experience, and hopefully you found a woman who likes to walk in the woods as much as you do. Oh, yeah, for sure. Good yeah. for you, man. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, hang on to those antlers and hang on to this young lady because I think uh, that you, you got to keep her if she likes walking through the woods with you. All right? Eric, yeah, sure. we're talking with um, um, uh, Richie, Richie Erickson, the world record or a state record uh, moose antler. Uh, that's a lot of fun. Keep Congratulations. it up. Yeah, enjoy the outdoors. Keep it up. It was a fun article. If you guys want to see the story about this, go to the Outdoor News and uh, check it out from last week. It's a fun story. Richie, take care of yourself. Keep keep hunting in the outdoors and, and uh, keep sharing your story. That sounds good. Thank you. Take care, young man. Isn't, yep, that, isn't that interesting? That's incredible. World record well, you see in the, Minnesota, right? Yeah, you got to see the photograph of this thing. And the first thing he said when I said you want to be on the air, he said, yeah, I'll be on the air, but don't ask me where we were hunting, okay? Don't, <laughs> don't ask me where we were doing that. Yeah, because yeah. everyone wants to look for the other side, right? Um, they want to yeah. share the world record. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty good duel. All right, Mark, you got can, some shout-outs, First right? of all, can you imagine having 300 
moose antlers in your house? What yeah. does that take up? A, that's got to be a pole barn. And uh, and being married still. Yeah, no yeah, kidding. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we're going to do four outdoorsman shout outs here. Thank you for everyone that commented on the four outdoorsman shout out. If you want to get on air, just comment on our four outdoorsman shout out post every week and we'll read it. First one is from Shannon Munger, Lake of the Woods walleye earned that one after a couple tough days uh, weather-wise up there. Nice job, Shannon. Cameron Jacobson said, had a blast at Lakes Jam in Brainerd. And our friend Dale Eggert says, returning from five days of fishing the BWCA near Ely. Great bait from Steve and Chris at Arrowhead in Ely. Wow. And the fish were biting with shore lunch every day. Now, that is a great way to spend So he, he was using shore lunch for bait, is what you're saying, right? Uh, no, I think he just had shore lunch. Oh, I see. So, but so he got he- his bait from... Arrowhead Outdoors. Thanks a lot, buddy. That's, that's really that's Chris, cool. That's thank cool. you. Uh, you thanks bet. for the shout out to them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, do we have some? What do you want to do? You well, want to do? about the old man. He was talking about teaching somebody to fish or something, right? <laughs> yeah, Dad, you had the experience of uh, bringing out a new fisherman. Why don't you tell us uh, who it was? It was my cousin and my Look, cousin's kid. I've got a uh, cabin in central Wisconsin. It's on the water, and I keep my bass boat in the water all the time. And next door, uh, the cabin became available, and my nephew rented it out, who has a 14-year-old boy. And he came over, and he said, you know, Uncle Dave, I've never really been fishing. He was out in a boat once as a kid. I said, well, come on, we're going to go out and try it. Well, he had brought along some closed-faced reel, and he had a bobber about the size he'd use for muskies. Yeah. (laughs) And a giant hook, so I hooked him up with a a rocket bobber and and your gulp. Your yep. one-inch gulp. We went out looking for crappies. And I got him out in the boat, hooked everything up for him, and he threw it out, and the thing sunk right away. I thought, oh, the jig must be too heavy. Nope, it was a crappie. Oh, fun. We caught, in the next hour, 19 crappies oh. of good size and brought them back. He's a hooked fisherman forever. Absolutely. When, when I got to cleaning the fish, he wanted to learn how to flay the fish. Well, that's then I, he's... I gave him a fillet knife. The first one looked like it went through a meat grinder. Yeah. But uh, after that, he did a really good job. Well, that's and a thrill. I, I'm just glad I introduced somebody else to the world of fishing because yep. we all enjoy it so much. Yeah, that's what Ron Shera says. Uh, make sure yep. you introduce, introduce somebody kid. to the outdoors, yep. inter- a kid to the outdoors. What a, That kid will never forget this day the rest of his life. Yeah. Good but, for you. But his dude. little brother cried when he couldn't go out the next day. Yeah, that was a problem. <laughs> it was raining the next day, so I couldn't go out fishing. Good for you. <laughs> You want to, should I read yeah. a couple of these? Well, first I have to introduce it. you got to sing the song. This Week in Barron County. Hey, This Week in Barron <laughs> County. Every once in a while I read these kind of things from Barron County police reports. I get a kick out of them. Uh, a man said someone had spray-painted a shadow on his mailbox in the 200 block of West Main Street in Cameron. The officer said the spray paint was a shadow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yep. Uh, a woman said that someone hit her vehicle and left a note behind. The woman was uninjured. I don't understand that one. I guess she was. You know, she, she she wasn't in her car. She can't be. She wasn't hurt. A caller from the 1700 block of 16 and a half Street Avenue in Cameron, that's what it is, said there had been a person camping in her driveway for a few weeks. A few weeks? A <laughs> few weeks. I thought I'd call the cops. What the heck? Why not? A female subject called 911 and advised that her relative in Tennessee was just rushed in for emergency surgery. She's trying to find a way down there. She called 911. She was advised that there's nothing we can do to help so she can buy a plane ticket or drive. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you throw them like David Letterman. Yeah, that, that's how it goes. Yeah, Caller just got home and found baby powder all over her house, and her pain pills were missing. I don't understand the combination, but that's uh, that was a 911 call. Caller says her neighbor 
uh, near her boat landing is shooting his handgun toward the lake as subjects are out fishing. Turns out that he was firing bottle rockets into the sky. That would freak you out, I guess. Uh, let's see. A male called 911 advising there was an owl in his tree and it fell out and it's on the ground. She called 911 because of that. <laughs> owl emergency. Another emergency. And this is not an, it's not funny, but it's interesting because you might know this pistol. A pistol was found in the river by somebody. It's a digital camo high point 9mm with serial number filed off off of 15th Avenue in, in Elmina. Is that a big gun? Uh I bet they did some shady stuff with that. I'm thinking they did. That's Barron County Police Report on, what day is it? June 25? I don't know what it is. Something like that. June 26, Something like maybe. that. So 2022. Next week, we are both out of the out of the office, aren't yeah, we? I am. I'll be going to Chicago uh, to watch the Cubs play Boston, and then the Twins play White Sox, and then going to a Milwaukee game and head back home. Uh, Bob Krejci, Frank Schweitzer, not going to go that, and... Uh, my gorgeous wife, Diane, I feel kind of bad because she's having back surgery on J- June 30th, and uh, I'm leaving on July 2nd. So, honey, I hope it goes okay. <laughs> no, but some, there'll be people taking care of her, and I, oh, love, yeah. you. I love you very much, She's uh, She's a trooper. She'll be just fine. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Every day's a gift. Every day's a gift. I tell you what, thanks for listening to the Four Outdoorsmen. Have a great week, you guys. It's going to be a beautiful week. I was looking at the weather. And uh, we'll have fun ourselves, have fun in Alaska, you guys. Yeah. I'll have fun in, in Chicago. And uh, in the meantime, I think you got to tell some of our friends eh, what to do. Get outside and make some memories. <laughs>